This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, let's get this out of the way first. How many are excited about Men of Iron tomorrow? There we go. Here's another way. How many of you women are excited to get the men out of the house and get it really clean? That's kind of a quiet, woohoo, I understand that. Yeah, we'll we'll cheer about that here in a little bit. So uh, listen, tonight I want to talk to you about the word and how it brings expectations into our lives. And so if you're taking notes tonight, the title is The Word Brings Expectations. The Word Brings Expectations. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn. We're going to start in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. So as we talk about tonight, I want you to understand some things that, that I've walked through and I want you to understand that when pastor speaks or when I speak or any of us, we, we kind of speak, we want you to understand we're just being real. We're, we're being honest. The things that pastor talks about are not, hey, this is just a good idea. This is literally things that he's walked through. And so over these past few weeks and, and months, pastor's been talking about the spiritual laws, the, the laws that God has set in motion, that what he says happens. God can't lie. God can't say, ha, psych, gotcha. No, it's one of those things. It happens. He can't say, bazinga, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. He can't do those things. But that's what it comes back down to. We have to understand that when God speaks the word, it happens. There's action behind that. And so as we go through tonight, I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about this statement. And if you write anything down tonight, I want you to write this one statement because you're going to hear it over and over again. Nothing you can change, nothing you can do can change the who. Nothing you can do can change the who. Now you're sitting there saying that doesn't make any sense at all. Let me explain what that means. Nothing you can do can change your who. We sang a song just a little bit ago, and it said, good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. But then at the end of it, it said something about who I am. Because he's a good, good father, I know who I am. And a lot of times we base God's relationship with us by what we do. It's a performance-based theory. It's, if I do this, if I read the word every day, God will love me more. If I pray every day, God will love me even more. Yes, God wants to spend time with you. Yes, God wants to tell you how much he loves you through this. He does want to spend time doing those things. But a lot of times we base it on performance. But understand this, some of the greatest disciples, Peter, his performance probably got him an F in all reality when Jesus was around. It wasn't until Jesus kept pouring into him and pouring into him and pouring into him that you start to see who Peter becomes. Because Peter realized it's not about what he does, it's about who is on the inside. Who is on the inside and that's what it comes back down to. We're all working to live this life for God in everything that we do. With that in mind, we simply come back to that statement. Nothing you do can change your who. And, and understand it this way. My son, love my son. He is a rambunctious son. He does some crazy things. And you know what? Even when he does something that I don't approve of, do you know what his last name still is? Bolin. No matter what he does for the rest of his life, he will never lose that name because that name was destined upon him. That was given to him. So 
when you start to think about this, who are you? What do you do? A lot of people would say, well, I'm a pastor, or I'm a, uh, I'm a businessman, I, I'm an owner, or I'm this, or I'm that. But your do is not who you are. Who you are is who's inside of you. That's when you read about the Bible and it says the son of this person, the son of this person. And that's what God wants us to understand. John chapter one, and I want you to hear this out of the message version. It says in verse one, it says the Lord was first. The word presented to God, God presented to the word, present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Verse three, everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. Now, I want you to catch that right there because a lot of times we're not sure if God really exists and God really did this person on purpose. But listen to verse four. What came into existence was life and life was light to live by. The light life blazed out of the darkness and the darkness could not put it out. Basically, what God is telling us here is everything he created, which is everything in here, God created and destined it. The Bible says in Psalms 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he created you knit you together with everything that you have about you. God said, there it is. There it is. And then not only that, do you know what God said when he was done? It's good. It's good. It's good. So a lot of times we base our relationship on what we do with God and we think, okay, he loves us more, he loves us less. But it's not about that because my son I don't love him less or love him more by what he does. I love him because he's my son. It's like the prodigal son. The moment he left, the the father didn't say, well, I'm done with him. And then when he came back, he said, oh, good, now I can love him again. No, he loved him the day he left and he loved him the day he came back. It comes back down to the same things. When we look at ourselves and we understand we are part of everything, which means God created us. God created us and he created everything inside of you. That's why you have a passion. That's why what you saw that video, the Gideon video, that it said something drew him to the word because the Lord put it upon him. The Lord drew him back into the word and that's what it comes down to. If you're taking notes, number one is this. God loves you. God loves you. Remember, God created everything and God loves you. John chapter 15, just to the right, if you would turn over there, John 15. Verse nine is what we're gonna read here. And it says this, as the father has loved me. This is Jesus speaking right here. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remember that goes back to John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his, his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not die but have everlasting life, shall not perish. This is what it comes back down to. As the father has loved me, Think about your own children. Think about your parents and your your grandparents or whoever it was that raised you, how much they loved you. They provided for you the best that they possibly could. They did everything they possibly could to love you. And it says, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. Out of the message, it says, make yourself at home in my love. When we come back into this, it changes how we view things. And John 15, four, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. How do you remain in God? You simply understand who he is. When you sing a song about good, good father, it is not just an idea. It is a statement of faith. He is my good, good father. 
He's not just a person that gets up there and says, oh, God sounds good. You know, a lot of times I think that we're sitting there and we think God's like sitting at a desk or God's got his notebook and he's just waiting, watching. Oh, oh, got that one. (laughs) We're going to ring that up when he turns back up here. Oh, there's Tommy. He's doing that again. (laughs) Wait till we see this. Man, one of those again? One of those again? All of a sudden we start thinking it's due and we start thinking of God instead of Father. I always go back to this statement because it forever changed the way that I viewed God. The Bible says this, that in the Old Testament, it was referred to God, God, God did this, God did this, God did this, God created this. But when the New Testament comes, Jesus came and it says, for he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All of a sudden, for the first time, we realize he's a father. He's a father. And now we start thinking about it. And then Jesus comes back and he says, when you pray, pray like this, our father who art in heaven. Now, now I'm going to be honest with you. If my dad came in here and he was hanging out right here, I'm not going to say, hey, Tommy, this is my dad. Call him father. Bob, this is my dad. Call him father. Call him father. You would be like, this guy's weird. That doesn't make any sense because we don't understand that. But yet Jesus is saying, let me teach you who this God is. He's not this far off God who's mad and mean and going to beat you up. He's a father. Now all of a sudden we get a revelation. You mean a father, like the same father that picked me up when I fell. The one who was there to grab me. The one who protected me from those people. You mean the father that was able to stand? Yes, that's the father I'm talking about. The father that when you got in the car, you didn't care where you were going because you knew it was going to be safe. The father that you could call upon and you knew would come to your rescue, whether it's three o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. Got a flat tire, dad. Can you come help me? I'll be there in just a minute. That's the father. It changes the way we view things. All of a sudden, we start to hear and we receive who God is. Now, I'm going to take you to another level in understanding who our father is. How many of you, when, when your children's birthday comes around, you start asking the simple question, what do you want for your birthday, right? What, what do you want? Um, I, I know when Christmas comes around, um, my mother-in-law, Pastor Shelley, she, she, she is a major gift giver. Like, this is like her life, I, literally, she has an entire closet des- just strictly for gifts. You, you think I'm kidding? I'm serious. It's not just like this, like, broom closet. No, it's a walk-in closet. It is jam-packed. She goes back there and she's like, hey, do you need a new thing? Yeah. Goes back and grabs like 12 shirts out and goes, here, pick one. She's like in there all the time. Every time she goes shopping, she's thinking of everybody. What can I get for Kate? What can I get for this? What can I do? Who can I get for this? What can I do for Taylor? What can I do? She has all kinds of stuff. Literally, my kids are not allowed into that room because their presents are back in that area. But what happens is when Christmas comes around, they say, make a list. What do you want for Christmas? So the kids, man, they start going to town. They start writing, they start writing, they start writing, they start writing, they go through all this stuff. Well, you know, when, think back when you were a kid, your parents would ask you the same question. What do you, want for, what do you want for your birthday? So as you think about this, we start to think of our father. There was a pastor that shared a story and he said his birthday was coming up pretty quickly. And he said, as his birthday was coming up, he said one day his wife, he was going and he was going to get his coffee and then he was going to go spend his quiet time with the Lord. And he said he went over there and he got his coffee and the Lord and, and the wife was standing there and the wife looked at him and said, hey, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to be another year older. And she said, well, what do you want for your birthday? And so he told her something, you know, I just want this or whatever that may be. And, and then 
he kind of just walked off and he went to his den and he closed the door and he set his coffee down and he opened up his Bible and he started spending time with the Lord. He said sometime during that time with the Lord, he felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, you never asked me what I can give you for your birthday. If I'm your father, I wanna bless you on your birthday. And he said, but Lord, you've blessed me so much. You've done this. You've given me everything. I, I, I'm grateful for everything that you gave. He said, yes, but it's your birthday and I love you. What do you want from me for your birthday? And I started to think about that and I was like, have I ever really viewed God and spent enough time with him to tell him what I would want for my birthday? You know, I think at times it becomes inconvenient because we make it inconvenient. Well, I've got to spend an hour with God. No, I get to spend an hour with my father. I get to hear wisdom from my father. I get to hear guidance from my father. I get to spend time with the Lord. It simply comes down to this. All of a sudden, the Lord started asking him, what do you want for your birthday? Every year, about a week before his birthday, the Lord asks him the same thing. What do you want this year for your birthday? Now think about that. What if you had that relationship with the Lord? What if you had that? What would you be asking? What would you try to receive from the Lord? And it changes the way that you view God. Now all of a sudden, it's not just, oh, there's this God. It's all of a sudden, hey, that's my father. You realize very quickly that God is so true and so real. When we look at God as our father, we realize he loves us. So number one, remember that God loves us. Number two is this, God's word is true. God's word is true. Psalms 34, 33 Verse four, and I'll flip to it for time's sake quickly. Psalms 33, and it'll be right up here on the screen. Verse four says this, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Listen to that scripture again. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Out of the message, it says, for God's word is solid to the core. Solid to the core. It's not a fluke. It's not gonna break. It's not gonna fall apart. It's solid to the core. Everything he makes is sound inside and out. I think about that because there are so many people in here that are in business that have these things. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you get what you pay for. Well, God paid the ultimate price. And he paid the ultimate price for you. He gave up his son. He paid the ultimate price. So tell me what you're worth. Because a lot of times we look at the word and we change and we, we don't understand the truth and what it comes back down to. We've got to start applying this. You know, the Bible teaches that in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, for the word is for correcting, rebuking, and helping. You know, a lot of times people get offended by the church because they don't like what the pastor's saying. Understand this. It's not the pastor saying it. It's the word of God that is cutting us. What it's doing is it's pruning those things that need to get off of you. Why do you prune those things? Ken Richburg comes to our are, comes here and prunes these trees. He cuts crazy stuff down out of the trees. And he's like, it'll be better. I said, it looks dead. And he's go, yeah, I know it looks dead today, but wait till tomorrow. And I look at it tomorrow and I say, it still looks dead. And he goes, I meant next week. And he goes through that and he, and, he, and he talks about this. And then all of a sudden we come back and look at it in about a month and it's just full and it looks better than it's ever looked before. And I said, I don't get it. You cut down all this stuff, but it's better. He said, because you've got to get the light to the core. You've got to get that into him. And that's what it comes back down to. When you understand the word, it changes how you view God. It changes everything about God. You start to apply it. Now you're not mad that God's cutting things off. You're realizing he's cutting off because he wants you to grow. He wants you to get better. He wants you to change. 
Now all of a sudden you realize God's word is true. It changes how we view things. The final point is here, number three. God's word brings expectation. God's word brings expectation. Now I want to, I want to point this out. I'm gonna read the scriptures that I'm gonna talk about here in just a minute. A lot of times in life we get frustrated. I'm gonna give you a pointer in understanding why people get frustrated. A lot of times in life people are frustrated because of a simple thing. Frustration is an unmet expectation. When you come home frustrated because the house is dirty, it's because you expected the people who were there to clean it up. It's that expectation. So when we have an unmet expectation, it frustrates us. So when there are unmet expectations, and a lot of times I don't think we view God as our father, we view God as God, and so therefore I don't wanna be frustrated with God because if I'm frustrated with my boss, I don't perform very well, and so I don't wanna not perform good for God. But instead we realize it's not God, it's our father. I've been frustrated with my dad. But you know what? When we sat down and we talked about it, all those frustrations went away and all of a sudden love filled my life again. But it comes down to this. A lot of times when we're frustrated with God, it's because our expectations are not being met because it doesn't tie into the word. We've got to come back into this. When all of a sudden we hear this, we find something. We find something. Listen to these scriptures. John chapter 16 I should have told you to hang right there before you go into Psalms. John chapter 16, verse 23. It says, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. This is Jesus speaking. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean seriously? Whatever I ask, you'll give me? And Yes. He didn't say there was a limit to it. He said, whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have asked nothing for anything. You've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. Catch the last part of this too. Because a lot of times it goes back to that old statement where you think, oh, if I'm just poor and I'm lonely and I'm humble and I'm this, then God will love me more. You can't have fun doing that. Because listen to what the Lord says at the end of this. Ask and you will receive and your joy, your joy will be complete. You're gonna enjoy this life. You're not gonna sit back and just say, oh my gosh, here we go, we gotta serve God again. No, you get to enjoy what God does. Out of the message version, listen to how simply it says, this is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name, according to my will, and he'll most certainly, most certainly, give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing in its banks. You want to enjoy this life? You know what? I'm tired of seeing sad Christians. It's because they don't know who their father is. They don't trust on the Lord. I I love this. Pastor always talks about it. You've got to have bulldog faith. You've got to latch onto that and say, I'm not leaving until I get that thing. I think about Jacob. When Jacob was standing there and the angel was there, he wrestled with them all night long. He wrestled with him. He said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I love it. Pastor shared this the other day. And he said, there's times that I come in here to the sanctuary. He said, Lord, I'm not leaving till you speak to me. I'm not leaving this place till you speak to me. And you know what that means? It's not gonna be five minutes. It may be 10 minutes. It may be an hour. It may be two hours. But if you're willing to stand and have that bulldog faith, I guarantee you the Lord says, whatever you ask in my name, I will certainly. 
make it happen. I will give it to you. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, this scripture, forever change the way that you see things. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this. I'm gonna read verse 22. It says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. This is simply, he's speaking to his disciples and he talks to them, the fig tree has just died and he spoke to it earlier. They left, they came back, they saw it and the disciples were like, oh my gosh, it's dead. And Jesus looked at him and said, have faith. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone, if anyone, wait a minute. You gotta have pastor before your name before you can receive it. No, it says if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. There's no question. Out of the message, it says Jesus was matter of fact. There's no playing around with him right here. He's telling him, listen, there's no playing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Embrace this God life, really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, this mountain that is right in front of you, this thing, and you may say, well, there's no mountain. Yeah. What if it's depression? What if it's an addiction? What if it's whatever this thing is? I'm looking for a job. There's a mountain in front of you. This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly-shallying. It's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely Everything. Everything. The Lord said, there's nothing that I won't give you if you'll just simply ask. Just trust me in it. I I love this. Joyce Meyer used to share this. She would say, I would get so frustrated in the morning. She would be doing her hair. And she said, this one hair would not get out there. And finally, the Lord said, I'll help you if you'll ask me. But Lord, it's hair. Yeah, but is it bothering you? Is it bringing joy to your life? No. Enjoy this life. Simply ask. I've been praying for years for my hair and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming back. And I believe it. My wife's back there saying, amen, we're doing those things. But I want you to understand this. Too many times we get focused on our do instead of our who. And it's not about the do. You know, I think about this because pastor has an incredible testimony that he always shares. He talked about being an alcoholic. So many times people in life will say, who are you? I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just not, no, that's not who you are. That's what you do. That's not who you are. He knew inside of him. He knew something was different. He didn't quit. He kept standing on the word. The man you see today was not the man who was standing back there. The man you see today was the man that said, I'm done with this. I know who I am, whether I do it or not. That's another story because you know what? The righteous man falls seven times, yet he gets back up. He gets back up, and that's what we've got to get to. We've got to understand this. You may drink, but that's not who you are. That's what you do. It's time to stop. It's time to realize who is more important than what you do. Failed at business, you failed at a marriage, you failed at these things, you may say, well, I'm a failure. No, 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 no. Failure's not a name. That's an event. That's not a name. Who you are is who you are. The great I am, I love that. The Lord says, who, who should I tell them sent me? He says, I am. So you say, who loves me? I am does. Who will do this for me? I am. Who's my father? I am. I am. I am. The great I am. When we mess up, we're not a mess up. We're not a screw up. That's what we did. That's not who we are. 
It changes how we view things. All of a sudden, it's not about the mess ups. It's not about all those things. God starts to change how we view everything. What you do is not who you are. Understand that. Who you are is found through the Lord. It's found through the word. It's found in the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.